independent, separate entity. So how am I going to expect to get lasting radical relief if I don't get to the exact nature of the wrong, which is what's stated in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, all right, we're going to look at this and that so that we can get to the exact nature of the wrong. So if I feel the exact nature of the seeming wrong is identification as, yeah? That's the nature of it. The selfing, the mental process of selfing is promoting an idea, reinforcing an idea, constantly advertising from or and or about the idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that have these unbelievable powers that you can think, that you can see, that you can feel, that you can taste, that you can touch, that you can do. Yeah? And this is the idea of the idea of in recovery they talk about quit playing God. This is giving the selfing the crown of the Godhead. Yeah? So instead of sensing the seeing moving through this apparatus because you are awareness, so you can sense the conscious contact going on, all of that is forgotten and now there's a you, like a stabilized, stagnant uh, thing, yeah, that has these incredible subjective qualities. Like it can, it's it's, it can see, yeah, but it only sees as the seer. So this is what's doing the seeing. Instead of seeing is what's happening, yeah. Now, the seeing occurs and the feeling occurs, the tasting occurs, the touching occurs, the smelling occurs, the thinking occurs. Yet, how it's held is I'm the thinker, I'm the feeler, I'm the taster, I'm the toucher, I'm the smeller, and I'm the feeler. Yeah? That's it. That's the heist. Once that's in place, then let's say you're in a seeming Saturday today, but this Saturday won't be ruined by Saturday. It usually is ruined by last Wednesday or two weeks from now. Yeah? <laughs> because in the mental realm, you're addicted into time. You're thrust into time by the addiction, and time becomes an incredible influential mental stream. And it's gotten so influential that most of us take yesterday into tomorrow to be much more important than today. That's a really, really inappropriate placement of value, to tell you the truth, because the only thing that's happening is now, yet the mental condition isn't placing much value in this now. It's placing value in there and then. Yeah. Like if, let's say, a, a spaceship came here, and they, they, had a, they had a 10-year grant to do research on Earth. Yeah. So the alien lands here, let's say, and he's checking into something, and then he leaves in like five minutes. And you wonder why, why didn't he just spend the 10 years, the grant for the 10 years, and really get a lot of information about the society he was studying. As soon as he saw that there was profit over health, he left. He realized he can see the insanity of the place immediately. As soon as the health of the citizens become a commodity, it's fucking built on insanity, literally. Yeah, what more studying do you need? It's like falling in, being a professor of holes is meant to steer you clear of the holes, not to just to become an expert about how to get out of a hole when you're in it or how to make, make, you know, make life a little bit better while you're in a hole. It's about steering you clear of the holes. So any knowledge of self is realizing that it's not you. That's the knowledge. Yeah? Any knowledge claimed by self becomes self-knowledge, and they talk about it in recovery as self-knowledge avails you nothing. Why is knowledge so valuable, yet if it's claimed by the selfing, it will prove to be not valuable at all? Because the selfing will neuter it. Yeah? 
So if you spend three years studying about self, it actually could be construed as an obsession with self. Because self is now trying to study itself as an object to try to get out of it as the false subject of self. And AA makes a clear statement, self can't get out of self. Yeah. So if in the book in recovery it says, you and I are not people with problems, but you and I are the problem. Now how could you be the problem and then expect any kind of solution? How could you? How could, if you were the problem, and this problem was chronic, yeah, progressive, and terminal, yeah, what, what kind of relief would there be? if you are the problem. Yeah? But the solution is, in one level, you are the problem because it's based on identification as what you're not. And then on the other hand, it's the solution because when you realize you're not that which the mind is identifying as, that's the solution to the problem. That's the exact nature of the wrong. It's a, it's a false identification as something that you're not. And then that gets established as, as where you are. And now you try to figure out what's going on here based on a false point of reference. Yeah. So instead of, let's say, uh, another point of reference would not, wouldn't even be based on a point. Let's say centeredness. Centeredness lends itself to a view of life as life is happening. Yeah. Now change the reference to self-centeredness, which is being in a body location. Now the interpretation of life from this point of view is life's happening to me. It's a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. Life is happening, and life's happening to me is unbelievably different. Yeah? One lends itself to a huge amount of heaviness and a huge amount of possibilities based on an impossibility, which is it shouldn't be this way. I should have gotten what they have. I shouldn't have gotten what I have. And la, 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 just mental riffing on an insane lost chord. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's the center of centeredness and you see life is happening. Yeah. So what happens? Somehow an ability that didn't seem to be available to you is suddenly available when it's most needed now. And you can fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you. With no thought or effort on your part, just that's how you roll now, so to speak. Yeah. And you'll find out that something's truly working because it's working. Yeah. You want you may want to get verification, maybe go to the spiritual court and get your spirituality notarized, boom, stamp. Yes, you are a spiritual person, you do this, you do that, but you don't need that paper. There's an unspoken yes in your own life that's reverberating throughout your day. Yes. And then now suddenly when the, the wind or the ties of the mental condition, I should be there, I shouldn't be here, I'm getting really close, uh-oh, I did something to put myself really far away, you're not going with that anymore. You're being moved by a different beat, so to speak. Yes? Like a baseline that never gets interrupted by all the screeching trebles. Yeah. Just a baseline. Like this, my, some people at my house were talking about. They wake up and their mind's like, da 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 And then the other lady chimes in. Mine's like, da 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 And then I said, mine's like, Not that the mental condition doesn't have the uh, tendency or habit to go da 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 da, 
But I'll tell you something, it's like putting a muffler in a fucking great jazz place to play his trumpet. Yeah? All the notes get muted. <laughs> when the notes are muted, what you hear is the bass line. That bass line is always available at all times, right where you are. That infinite bass line becomes your theme. It becomes the beat that you follow. Yeah? Without any thought or effort on your part, you hear it, and then there's a response. And after a while, all those habits that were formed by having a speculation from a seeming dark place are now cleared up because the lights turned on. Yeah, just like we always use that example in a room. If we, it was night right now, and we were in a packed room, and the lights went out, a lot of problems would ensue. People wouldn't know how to get to the door because they're not familiar with the room. They'd probably bump into someone else and then cause them to get upset with them, hit their knees on a chair. And so all these problems ensue. So our idea is, let's accept this intolerability of darkness and let's just make it the best we can. Get knee pads. Someone becomes entrepreneurial, starts selling you maps where the bathroom is or maybe a, a disposable catheter you can wear during the day until you get to some place that's well lit, you know, which you're usually having to pay for quite a lot. Instead of just going, questioning, is this darkness... And you, you're the light switch. You don't even have to find a light switch. You're the illumination of the room you're in. You're the illumination of the life you're in. And nothing needs to be turned on because it was never turned off. Yeah? It's a recognition of that. Yeah? The darkness has been an illusory uh, preoccupation that has no substance other than the substance we give it by believing it. We play a big role here. Nothing is being imposed upon us. We're in cahoots right now. Yeah. If something really seems real is real to be to you, where is it getting that meaning if it isn't real? Where is it getting the meaning from? If something seems as real as real can be right now to you, yeah, and yet it isn't real, it's a passing feeling or something like that, where is it being lent that reality? Where, what library is it getting going in there and borrowing the reality. Where is it getting it from? Des Moines, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska? It must be getting it from reality. Where is the reality? You want to lay it on something else so you can be disappointed? Or are you going to finally acknowledge it? Yeah. Where does everything take you? It's not taking you out that way. It's taking you back this way. Yeah. The whole, the whole fourth step of the inventory, the four columns, is leading from the consequential level to basically what's your role in it. Why not take it a little farther? Get to the exact nature of the wrong. The exact nature of the wrong is that it's seemingly so. Yeah? It appears to be true or false to us. I was at a meeting last night, and I, this guy had a dictionary and a big book, you know, recovery. So I said, all right, just look at this word, yeah? And I pointed to him, seemingly. Now look at this thing in the, one of the first forwards of the uh, AA program. We are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. What does seemingly actually mean? It means it appears to be true or false to you. So is it a hopeless state of mind and body? Then how did you recover from it? If it was a hopeless state of mind and body, there'd be no recovery, would there? If it was hopeless, that means there was no hope. It's never going to change. Yeah? 
Yet, there's tons of people who have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. How did that happen? Because it isn't a hopeless state of mind and body. It's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The seemingly is our role in it. It's appearing to be true to us, then it's hopeless. And when it, in recovery, that truth of it changes where it becomes, it's not hopeless. Yeah. Just like the worst thing in your life, after a few years of maybe in recovery, it will be seen as the best thing in your life because it led you to this moment of being recovered from the worst things in your life. Yeah? What is it? Does it have a quality in and of itself? Is it the worst thing that ever happened? Could you get everyone to agree on it? No. They have their own worst thing that ever happened. Yeah? And then suddenly, how are you going to make... What's the story about now that it's the best thing that ever happened? All your stories about that was the worst thing. If that wouldn't have happened, I would have had a work, you know, fruitful marriage. I'd probably have kids now and all like this. Yeah? All those stories are based on that shaky ground of that was the worst thing that ever happened. Suddenly, it's the best thing that ever happened. What happens? The mind just tries to write new stories about it. Yeah? It's neither. We're the only truth here. Not as Paul, this action figure. But what's looking right now What's looking is the same. What where it changes is the mental interpretation of the looking into who's looking. Yeah. And as soon as the who becomes dominant, what the who has to do to become dominant is to forget the what. Yeah. How does it forget it? By remembering the who. You're not walking around forgetting the what all day. You're not. You're actively up the ass of self remembering the who. While you're remembering the who, what happens as a byproduct is you forget the why. And yet, like St. Francis says, you know what? What's looking is what you're looking for. That's the solution to all your seeming problems, is the what's looking. Yet you're, you're riding the vehicle of who's looking to try to find a solution that matches its view, which is just inherently part of the problem. Yeah? If, I'm, if I receive the solution as the problem, what's going to happen? Is the solution going to neuter the problem, or is the problem going to neuter the solution? I would say, usually, the problem will neuter the solution to make it what? To make it amenable to what? The problem. Yeah? So you'll hear a message, you're a lion. The problem hears that, makes it into you can become like a lion. Whew! That's easy. Shit. I can spend lifetimes trying to become like a lion. That's safe. But being a lion is a threat to the sense of being a sheep, yeah? The sense that seems so real, when it hears this message, it scares the bejesus out of it a lot of times. So it quickly tries to turn it into, I can become like a lion. Woo! Ah, sheep put for another 80 years, not good, you know? But I'll be really getting, I'll be getting my hair straightened, and I'll be t- taking roaring lessons, and I'll be going, I've got so many pictures of the great lions of the past in my house, it's like a shrine, and you can almost hear the unspoken roar when you sit in there, but you still got fucking sheep shoes, and sheep ideas, and sheep opinions. The problem is new to the solution, hasn't it? Oh, definitely, seemingly. I'm amazed, seriously. Uh, so many examples. I was doing a talk once, and the person was like right where Brian was. Talked for about an hour, hour and a half, you know, how it usually goes. And I was talking about the mind's addiction to self, let's say. As soon as it stops, the first question the person has in the thing, can you speak on addiction? I said, I think I have been for last, last what happened between here and there? <laughs> how did how did what I was so certain about 
and turn into that so freaking quickly. Because the jurisdiction ends here, and then it's made into whatever that mind is hearing it to be. Yes? I've been introduced, you know, it just goes this way. You have to see it. So, if you start going this way and entertain who is that which is looking, yes? And when it presents an idea what it is, me or something, don't move. Just don't turn your light this way and start driving on the road of seeking. Keep it on that and just see what comes up. Maybe what will come up, maybe how it will manifest here is the next time a thought is held, you'll be holding it more loosely because it won't be yours or it won't be about you. And after a while of holding thoughts not being yours, not about you, you'll realize something, you're traveling a whole, lighter, whole lot lighter with the mental system that you seem to have been harnessed with, yeah? And then you get to, to the exact nature of the wrongs. The exact nature of the wrongs is when something has happened, is turned into so, is that it's happening to me or it's happening from me. That's what happens. Thoughts are thoughts until they're mine. Then they have a lot more weight. I can be sitting next to you, you're flipping out, it doesn't leap onto me. I'm happy-go-lucky as hell. You're totally fucked up about next Wednesday. I'm sitting here enjoying Saturday. Yeah? Doesn't, doesn't, there's no way it can cross over. Yeah? But the same thoughts that seem to be driving you crazy, if they were happening in here and they were held as mine, they would probably have the ability to drive me crazy. So is it the thought that's driving me crazy? Or is it the my of the thought? Is it the thought that's driving us crazy, or is it the my of the thought? <coughs> this way you can get to the exact nature of the wrong. Instead of being fooled by the smoke screens, you can get back, yeah? And you'll know the tree by its fruits. When you start traveling lighter in a stabilized manner, you're on to something. There's no limit to it, unless the one you put on it, yeah? You just keep entertaining it. It's like being on an operating table. Your role is not to get up and don't play the doctor. And then things just keep happening. Yeah? So people going, my thoughts are driving me crazy. They miss it. They now put the emphasis on the thought, but they miss the real emphasis, the mind. My feelings, I'm having the most terrible feelings. You put the emphasis on the feelings, and now you don't want to have those feelings, but you're already too late, because you felt it already. People feel something, and they I didn't want to feel that. Hey, sorry, <laughs> you already felt it. Yeah? You're an afterthought. Something occurs, and then you come running up and claim to be the one that was there. The head. So here, what would happen if, is the feeling actually driving you crazy, or does the facilitate... Does the feeling facilitate the being driven crazy? Is it the feeling that's driving you crazy, or are the feelings used to facilitate the being driven crazy? Is the thought driving you crazy, or is the thought being facilit is, is, is being facilitated, or facilitates the bondage to the idea of being the thinker? The selfing claims everything. It claims all the, op all the activities and processes going on in this body has something to do with you. And now when it claims it, it uses those activities to reinforce the idea of being a you. That's all it does. How does it do it? The feelings are your feelings now. 
The thoughts are your thoughts now. The opinions are your opinions now. Time is your time now. Yeah? Actions are your actions now. There's the bondage of self. Right in front of your nose. Instead of trying to find, was, did it happen in Des Moines, Iowa, 1984? That's when I was bonded to self. And I've been trying to find the, the right spiritual locksmith to release me from these chains. Or is it a mental activity? So you see people in a day like this, they feel pretty good. They're relieved from the bondage of self. 11 o'clock. 11.03, they're up the ass of self. <laughs> the thoughts are driving them crazy. All right, so maybe, oh, please, please. 11.06, oh, they feel the freedom from the bondage of self. 11.09, they're up the ass of self again. It goes on and on and on. And the most they can hope for is an experience, hopefully, at least a couple of them during the day, that they feel pretty relieved from the bondage of self, only to hunker down into the state or the fact they believe in, which is they are the self that's bonded. It's totally different. The bondage of self does not say there's a self that's bonded. It's the bondage of self. It's an activity. The product of the activity is the feeling of being the self that's bonded. It's the bondage of self is an activity. It implies that there's the self that's bonded, and then there's the self that's free from the bondage, only to be the self that's bonded again. Yeah. You get trapped in the dualistic experience of close and far, feeling good, not feeling good, feeling super connected when I'm at the retreat. Then you go to work the next day feeling totally, totally flipped out. And then your life seems to be this experience with you as the central figure, this, this amorphous, nebulous idea of being this hybrid, a mental, physical hybrid that somehow has everything to do with this and yet has nothing to do with it. It's happening to me and this and that, yeah. There's no freaking lasting relief there. If your way is work and practice it, live it. If it isn't, question it. Don't pray for it to be removed. See if it's actually there. See if it's your interest and attention that needs to be removed. You don't need to have the, the stone rolled away from the grave. You're not in the grave. Yeah, you're just seemingly in it. You're seemingly up the ass of self. It's appearing to be true or false to you based on your condition. And most of our condition is based on our mental condition right now. It overrides the physical, the emotional, the financial, the circumstantial. The mental seems to have sway here, doesn't it? You can have a beautiful day with tons of money in your pocket, have the boyfriend and girlfriend you've been hoping to have and all this, and yet still have a rotten time. <laughs> Takes one third, one, one thought to rain on like a five mile parade. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Take your head, just look at your head. If you're having a good day, how long does it last before you have thoughts about something? When are they going to find out I don't deserve it? I'm a fraud. When is he not going to? When is he going to really find out I'm not a nice person? Or whatever it may be comes up. Usually, maybe ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. Now, the same head. If it's a bad something happens that's bad, so to so to speak, it elongates it and says, "I'm going to feel like this forever." Doesn't it? You want that to be the theme setter of your life? Shorten everything that looks pretty promising. Elongate things that look terribly. Unpromising. <laughs> Can you imagine if you have to dance to that tune all day? You're going to be in like freaking shock. 
You're having the feelings of fear produced by mental anxiety all day. People are shocking themselves all day. You can see them when they're walking in the Starbucks. They want to get a shot to shock them out of the shock that they're in. Yeah? They're like, and I don't care if they've done eight hours of yoga. <coughs> Their freaking faces are frozen. Maybe through plastic surgery or something. They're, they're so intent on getting better. That to me, it's like a form of slavery. I saw this commercial, Christmas commercial from Lowe's. Never stop improving. <laughs> Never stop improving. Woo! That sounds like a freaking slavery to me. Don't you dare stop improving. Don't you dare use every minute to promote yourself to a place you could have never left. <laughs> well, when you were a kid, were you thinking about meditation when you were three years old? Were you wondering about retreats? Were you looking up or getting dragged by your parents to a meeting like this? No, no. There was no interest in any of that because you weren't, you weren't in this realm of impossibility yet. Yeah, You were in this moment because you hadn't entertained you could be anywhere else. So you were totally engaged in what you were doing. If something happened, you'd laugh. And if it happened 20 times in a row, you'd laugh. You know, It wouldn't be boring to you because time hadn't taken a huge in, uh, effect yet. Yes, We grew into these mental states, and therefore we can grow out of them. What causes us to grow into them is the interest and attention wrapped around the idea of being the one who's feeling, the one who's thinking. And I'm telling you, I'm bored stiff of being the feeler and the thinker. Jesus Christ, it's... It plays the same tune. It's like living in a realm of golden oldies that no one else ever bought. They never went platinum. They never went gold. You're the only one who has the fucking black market albums. Oh, what's going to happen to Paul? <laughs> I have thoughts like I'm 18 years old and I'm like 60 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> am I going to go to the prom? There's no prom at the Senior Citizen Center. <laughs> am I going to be... You know, am I going to meet my first love? I've had many first loves. <laughs> it's the same loop. It's so inappropriate that when I meet people in recovery and I tell them to do an inventory, I say, just do a, a bare-bone inventory. Just write what happened in the day. Like, I woke up 8 o'clock, took a shower, had a cup of coffee, ate some granola. All right? Pretty, pretty eventful. Then I went to work, painted some walls. Pretty eventful. Yet... The narrative of the day, I'm not doing enough. I'm fucking, don't, I'm not accruing any value today. I've got to really keep improving. Yeah? The narrative is so far off from what's actually going on. It's unbelievable. If you could just put them at the same time together and see them, what you're actually doing and the thoughts about what you're actually doing, you would see the disparity how far off you are from what's going on if you're living in the interpretation about what's going on. And you can come out of the interpretation quite easily. How? By losing interest in the center of the interpretation, you. How do you lose interest in you? Maybe you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't know what will motivate you. But if you start losing interest in you, where does the interest go? Find out. Probably in the day you're in. Maybe you'll be enriching your Saturday instead of sucking your Saturday into this time frame of last Saturday and next Saturday, you know? <sighs> All our interest attention here, engaged in the riches of being alive, conscious, is now sucked up here and dispersed into time. Yeah? <laughs> dispersed into time. That's why you don't feel like it's satisfying here, because there's not enough of you here to be satisfied. Yeah? 
You've got like a symbol shot that's already full of mental minutia. You can't receive a damn freaking thing. Everything that shows up is I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is about I don't know. Then you're relegated to finding out. And that's an enriching experience. That you find out how different you, you are than how you thought you were. Unbelievably incredible. You find out that feelings aren't facts. That there is no thinker of all the thoughts. Allows you to travel lighter. What more do you want? I'm telling you. You can't get novel, great ideas like enlightenment and bring, and have it claimed by an agitated system. It's going to use the idea of enlightenment, which means to the cessation of all suffering, to produce suffering. It's going to point out to you every day that you're not there. And so you'll be agitated by that idea. How does that happen? How, how can an idea that represents a cessation of all agitation be used to agitate the mind that's entertaining it? It's called selfing. That's what it is. Peace? Jesus Christ. I've seen people drive themselves crazy around peace. They work so hard to get that moment of peace. As soon as they're in the moment, they think, will I be in it next moment? They've lost the peace. It never could land. How can, how can calmness be reached by agitation? simple example there's a lady in a meeting over that room I really want to meet I think that a lot of things, good things will happen if I meet her yeah? and I'm engaged in doing something here seemingly yet my interest and attention is trying to hear what she's talking about because I'm hoping she says something about me hey I like that guy Paul so then that would ease my little because the fear of rejection will probably keep me immobilized I won't ask for what I want in the fear of getting smacked down but now, you know, if she likes me, I'll, woo, right? I'll go to the coffee place with near, you know, the same time she's there. Oh, how are you? Didn't I meet you last Saturday? Whatever, you know? And so people are in there to talk, and they start realizing I'm not seemingly here. So they say, Paul, this is the only thing that's going on. And I'm in agreement with them, but my interest and attention isn't following my agreement. It's there because my mind thinks that's more important than this. Yeah? That's going to be my, the, kid, my, the wife of my, the mother of my kids. This, that's the one. The one. Even this was the one that's with me today, but that's the one. I'll get rid of this one, and that will be the one. So here it goes. So finally she starts talking about someone, and I'm really keen on it. And it's about a guy named Matt. What happens? As soon as I recognize it's not about me, what happens to my interest and attention? Is it still caught in that room trying to have x-ray hearing? You know? Is it still caught there? No. Miraculously, it's relieved of that and shows up where? Right now, here. Yeah. You don't lose your interest. You never lost any bit of interest your whole freaking life. You just lose the interest in something. Yeah? The interest never gets lost. There's tons of it. There's tons of attention. Yeah? So now, as soon as it's not about me, it comes right where I've always been. That's exactly what happens when it's, when it's applied to thoughts, feelings, and everything. If they're not your feelings, 
you'll lose interest in them. And they'll be allowed to come and go. Yes? Instead of being put into an orbit to reinforce the central character of your fucking solar system. You, as the sun. And all you are is like a pale moon that's reflecting the sun of consciousness or awareness. And yet you're claiming to be the sun as this moon, but you have no juice. This isn't a path to illumination. This is illuminates any path you're on. This is not a path to illumination. It illuminates whatever path you're on. Everyone here has a seat assignment. That's the path. Yeah? That seat assignment is being illuminated, not by some outside, out, outside source of light, but you. You are the light. Like Jesus says, you are the way, the light, and the life, whatever. Yeah? You are the light, and yet you have a bushel over you. That's the mental condition. Yeah? It claims to be the one who's the light, but it can't emit any fucking light. All it can do is claim the light that's already there as its own, and that dims the light's influence in your life. Yeah? You can act like you're not connected when you are all there is. This frees you from the need to be liberated, I swear. That's the biggest weight we all have. Like someone just sent me something from a guy I, I like. And uh, he's talking about the spiritual addictions, yeah? About people now who are seeking peace and enlightenment. And at that point, they can't enjoy getting a new car or the plasma TV. Nothing's never enough. They want the big enchilada, yeah? They're trying to move up that spiritual ladder. Yeah, which is just like a corporate ladder. The rungs may be golden, but they're the same fucking thing. Yeah, the f- need to f- the, f- the freedom from the need to be liberated is unbelievable because you are not that which needs to be liberated. You are not that which believes it's bonded. Yeah, you're not gonna cherish and desire and thirst for the experience of liberation because you're not suffering from the thirst of bondage. You're not in a state of aversion that's not being noticed and is being represented by desire. You're freed from both. You're placed in a position of neutrality. Yes? In that position of neutrality, what do you find out? You find out you're available. What happens when you're available you sense what's available, which is the presence. Yeah? When you sense the presence, what are you? Well, in a sense, you're available, and then therefore you're of service. It's so funny, because the other night we talked about service, and I drove to, to, uh, I drove to Whole Foods, and I'm there, and there's some lady comes up who knows me, and she was in a bad state with her two kids, and then I'm walking out, and another lady comes up who doesn't know me much, but seen me, and asked me to give her a ride. <laughs> so we were just talking about being of service, and I got a huge demonstration of being of service without looking for it when I went to Whole Foods. 
<laughs> and what's beautiful is I really got it. I liked the demonstration and it reverberated in me because we were just talking about that as a possibility and there was this exact demonstration as a probability. Yeah, it's so freaking beautiful. This is the this is the this is the classroom. This is how you this is the knowledge, not knowing but finding out. Yeah? You have a sense of something, you put it out there and then it gets developed here in a very strange way. Yeah? This lady, I'm driving her, she starts breaking down, starts crying. <laughs> no idea. Maybe she got a bad bunch of broccoli or something. <laughs> no idea. So, Hold on there, honey. What's going on? She's having this big emotional cathartic <laughs> catharsis in the car. I don't really even know her. You know? I said, all right, yeah, yeah. And then drove her back. Was just, this was just a regular, like, a Thursday night. <laughs> I wasn't signing up for service. <laughs> I wasn't on film doing service. <laughs> I didn't get any credits on my service account. <laughs> but the demonstration of that possibility as a probability was so quick and so beautifully choreographed. That's what I love. You entertain these possibilities and they bear fruit here. What's, who cares? Awareness doesn't have any value in and of itself. All there is is awareness. Where, where awareness has value is where it doesn't seem to be happening. In this activity, awareness isn't happening much. It's being muffled. So awareness is truly valuable here. But it's not valuable in and of itself. It's all there is. Yeah? But it's, it, it's, its value is experience where it doesn't seem to be obvious. Yeah? So now you start getting clued into what's going on. You start seeing the way in a way, and it's not your way or my way, but the way. Then blue is blue and red is red. Things become appropriate. You have no confusion about big metaphysical ideas. Your confusion is like, where's my keys, you know, for the car? It's beautiful. See, if I would give it to you, you can't. It, would, it couldn't even be given in a bottle because it's the living event that makes it so joyous, yeah? The living event, day after 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 day, seeing that no matter what the geography of your day is, you're traveling lighter over it, Yes? And you know that it's lighter because you've had similar geographies, quote-unquote, in the past, and you've traveled damn well heavy over it, yeah? So now you have an exact demonstration of the, of the validity of what you're entertaining in the manifestation, not just super, an idea locked up here where you know there is no world, yet you're yelling at the paperboy for missing your porch on Sunday. No, an actualization here, here on a Saturday, I thought it was all about just knowing enlightenment, knowing awakeness, knowing it, like having it like neutered or froze, freeze-dried and put on my little spiritual mantle. And then I could, I could recollect, oh, yes, that was the day I was blessed by the Master. The day you're blessed by the Master is right now. That's the day. It wasn't eight years ago. It's now. If it's not now, it, that, that eight years ago has been claimed by selfing and it's using to form formulate a bondage to the idea of the one who was awake eight years ago. Yeah? 
They can use robes or black leather jackets, chains or golden chains. It doesn't fucking matter. There's the activity of the mind being bonded to the idea of being a self. That's the freedom. And it's inherent. The bondage could not happen. It can only seemingly happen to you. Yeah? And to use the main ingredient of it seemingly happening. Yeah? From what's looking, it doesn't happen because it does it's not seem to be true. From who's looking, it seems to be true, so therefore it seems to happen. Which is giving it birth? That or the one who's observing it? The one who's seemingly seeing it? Which is the birth giver? That or you? So it says false evidence appears real. Who the hell is it appearing real to? How could false evidence be real? It can't, but it can appear real. But it needs you to appear real too. It doesn't appear, it only appears real. It needs a subject, which you and I are, to appear real too. And for it to appear real to the subject, the subject has forgotten that it's the subject. It's taken itself to be an object who is subjectively experiencing something. But it's forgotten that it's the subject. The I has been forgotten by by calling a you the me. Yeah? It's like the, the the coup has occurred in the uh, court of the emperor. Yeah, the I, the consciousness, the subjectivity has been claimed by this mental process and put the crown has been put on a you, and it's crowned me. The only one in the whole world, me, King me the first. King me the first, the only, and for the ev- and forever. <laughs> Any other King me's come up to me? There are you. <laughs> no, you're not me. I'm me. <laughs> so hey, there is a solution. Check it out. If you like. If you don't, who cares? You know? Your mind will suffer. Hopefully, to a point where it'll get bored of it. Yeah? It'll be bored of it. When it gets bored of it, it's o- it's open to the possibility of shifting, you know? It really is. I don't think suffering will do it. It's boredom, really. <laughs> the boredom may pre- be produced by suffering a lot, but suffering ain't enough because I've seen some exquisite selfing and suffering. But when there's a boredom comes over you, like a, a divine indifference, you just, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's a nice space. Really. Things can shift there. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I bored you today. <laughs> and uh, hello. <laughs> if you didn't get bored enough, just come back. We'll just keep boring you to death. And hopefully there'll be a rebirth. Yes. I've been bored to death. It's great. <laughs> so any questions today? Did you get enough from for driving from Novato? You got you feel satisfied? Yes. Right. I, I know usually time is important, so people think more is better. So if we spent here all day, would you give more into the basket? Probably. I could call it an intensive. That would that be worthy of a hundred extra bucks. So. We're gonna have an intensive today. What is it gonna be like? Just like every Saturday, but it's called an intensive. All right. How much should I donate? Hundred bucks. Why? It's an intensive. Yeah. I up the heat. Oh, that's better. More is better. No, it isn't. 
Sometimes all you need is the simplest little hearing, and that germinates the biggest tree. You don't have to buy thousands of seeds and constantly try to plant it always. You'll fucking kill the seeds that are already in place. This is like if your car is not broken down, and you pull over to the side and your friend's there, and you have an old car, so you take the the air filter off, and you have your friend with some gas, and you're pumping the thing, and it's not starting, and then you ask him to drop a couple of drops of gas, and then you keep pumping, and suddenly it starts. He doesn't keep pouring gas in, yeah? The engine's there. The ability to drive it is available. All it needs is a little fuel. This is what this message is. It is not, you're the, this is an introduction, introductory message. You're the product. We're just dropping a few drops of gas in there. You're the thing that ignites it. To stand there and keep pouring gas in, what's going to happen? It's going to flood. This isn't about acquiring knowledge. This is about acquiring the knowledge that points to that you, what you're not. Yeah? And as soon as you realize you're not that, that's that. And now it's about finding out what that means to you in your life. What it means, how it's going to look to you, as you, through this, to not be that. You will now find out the rest of your days what it's like. Yeah? It will demonstrate. All right, well, that's that. No questions, eh?